Well, howdy, neighbor. It's health and happiness time. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. We ain't one at a time in here. We're mass communicating. Thank you there, Brother Bill. That was very interesting. And friends, all I want to tell you is all about the Good Neighbor Get-Together. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the Good Neighbor Get-Together. Come on in and make you seven home. We're family here. So pull up a chair to the table and listen in as we serve up some good old country music and southern hospitality with all the fixings. And don't forget to pass the biscuits. This is the Good Neighbor Get-Together. Hey, y'all. If you were eating your biscuits and gravy for breakfast this morning and you said to your granny, Granny, I sure wish I knew how to play the banjo like old Doc Boggs. Well, then I got some good news for you. We want to tell you about our friend Clifton Hicks. He spent a good deal of time performing, researching, building, and repairing banjos. And with his online courses, he can help you learn to play banjo like one of the greats. So for all your old-timey banjo-picking needs, go see Clifton Hicks at BanjoHeritage.com. You can even use the promo code OVERHAND, that's O-V-E-R-H-A-N-D, for a 20% discount. He's even got one of them there, Patreon pages, and for just $5 a month, you can get access to all the banjo tabs, members-only forums, and so much more. Well, what are you waiting for? Head on over to BanjoHeritage.com and learn to play the banjo and make your granny proud. Thanks for listening to the Good Neighbor Get Together, the podcast of Country Music Pride. Today, we're joined by Louis Michaud, frontman for the Lost Bayou Ramblers, and just recently released the solo album, Rev de Troubadour, 10 Tracks of Glory. And he's released it on vinyl, which we all love now, on no, no, Nouveau Electric Records. Is that right, brother? Correct. Nouveau. Okay. Um, I'll just say, for me... The album, even though it's not in English, was not a um a novel album, no, novel album. It like like, oh, here's my up super obscure sung in French music. Um, but it 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 it's on the playlist with my other albums that I actually enjoy, which by the way, it's for sure on my top five, top three. Um I I'm curious as to I mean, we could go so many places, we'll just start with this though. You're singing in French, not in English. Can you give us, and you're in Louisiana, can you give us an overview of um, just situate your music, which is now like eight times removed because you've really built upon other things and that's why it's solo project. But when most of us think Louisiana and Cajun, all this, we think, we don't, I don't even really know what necessarily the terms are, but we think Cajun, Krill, Zydeco, Jazz, and maybe Haiti. Can you tell us, Give us a little socio-historical overview um, of those things and as they pertain to music as well. Thank you. Yes, I'm so glad you mentioned like the Haiti part. And because, you know, people do think Cajun Creole, Zydeco, that's the, you know, the main three musics here in Acadiana. 
But these musics have all been born of the diversity that makes up Louisiana. And that's partially what I'm trying to tap into in this album. Why it's so diverse, why there's so many styles and genres that are blended in this because that's what we are. I mean, so Cajun music and Zydeco music are very much the same. And Creole music happens in between them, if you will, because the term Cajun comes from the Acadians who were export, uh, deported from Nova Scotia in 1755. They came and joined a small population of Spanish and French people that had been settling Louisiana at the time. And um, New Orleans was, ti was tiny at the time. It was just a few thousand people. And the Spanish said, oh, yeah, y'all need the Acadians were wandering for 10 years. They had nowhere to go. They had been dispelled on these ships. And like a third of them died. A third of them ended up back in Nova Scotia. And a third of them ended up basically in Louisiana. So they were a major culture to Louisiana, but they were also fell under the Creole culture because Creole is basically anyone who was born in the new world. Now, like, so the me shows, my name is Creole, but we came from Haiti. And, um, and that's the thing is of just a 50, 40 years later, when the Haitian revolution happened, this is just starting to come to popularity that, the, the population of New Orleans tripled when, when the Haitian Revolution happened because Thomas Jefferson wouldn't let the Haitians, whether they were white or black, French or African, anywhere in America at the time because he didn't want to spark any more slave revolts. Mm. So they all came to Louisiana. We did a few years in Cuba waiting, and then we came to Louisiana in the early 1800s. So Haiti actually has a much larger influence on Louisiana than it's ever given, and that's kind of kind of part of i will say this i i will say that i know that toussaint louverture helped basically was a roadblock for napoleon to come in and wreak further havoc in america so correct yeah and that's what led to louisiana purchase that's why he had to sell louisiana so the haitian revolution was super influential and culturally linguistically um, in every way. And so, but people now, you know, we say Cajun, which is from the word Acadian. So you have that. And then you have Creole, which is all kind of things, partially the Haitian migration, partially even Creole. Like I have Creole Spanish roots and I have, you know, anyone that was born here. And then the Zodico is basically, so like the musically, let's just say this, whatever the Germans brought the accordion, the Spanish had the guitar, everyone had a fiddle, especially the French. And the Africans brought the rhythm and many other things, melodies and Native American and as well. So all these things came together. So you have like accordion, fiddle, triangle, that's Cajun music, which is seen as mostly white. Mm -hmm. You have accordion, washboard, and whatever else, drums and bass, that's Zydeco, which is mostly African-American. Mm -hmm. You have mm -hmm. Creole, which is kind of both. It's kind of like, just as like this, there's like all the diversity and melting of society and culture. It's like accordion and fiddle and washboard. So like Creole is kind of both of them. But then you have Creole jazz, which started in New Orleans in Creole French. And it really is all, it's all together. Fats Domino, for example, Fats Domino, he came around here. And when he came around here, he spoke French. 
Like no one knows Fast Domino spoke French until you <laughs> ask him, you know, because it's just it's all just such a diverse culture. And so that's what this album I'm really trying to bring my own Sicilian, Spanish, French, Creole, Acadian, Irish. Yeah, not, not actively, but it's just representing the diversity and and taking a step forward. I've been playing traditional music since I was a teenager. Yeah. So this is, you know, to me, a step forward of bringing my own multicultural world influences, psychedelic rock and roll influences and traditional influences all together. And French being my most comfortable creative language, even though I didn't learn it until I was 18, I immediately just felt so much more comfortable writing and singing in French. Ça c'est le moment Tu peux pas comprendre Nager dans le fond De mes mémoires Je t'ai jamais vu Mais je avant Avant tes mains Dans les bras de ta Oh, my God. 
I think this might be oversimplification and even wrong because I, as I preparing for this, I was reading. I think you know in the twenties and like the the recording industry there was race music for the black people and then there was hillbilly music for the white people but it was legit exactly the same i wonder if my you might say cajun is to hillbilly as zydeco is the race it's probably wrong and uh, no, i know I, this I, is your jam i bet you could no, carry exactly on for right. hours on, on all this I, um, i've never thought of that and that's actually incredibly accurate and it's actually more recent because mm -hmm. The civil rights movement and such, a lot of, you know, blacks and Creoles moved out to California. Mm -hmm. There's like a whole California Creole, a lot of them moved to Houston. So Houston is actually a huge hub of Zydeco. And, you know, Cajun became white. And then, it, and people started telling any white people that spoke French, oh, your ancestors are from Nova Scotia, which was mm -hmm. often not at all true. So you had people whose ancestors were like colonial French soldiers being like, my ancestors came from Nova Scotia, which is absolutely false because it became this cultural narrative based around the romantic tale of Longfellow's evangel and yeah. all this stuff, you know? <laughs> so it's really, it's that's a very, but I will say this, the first possible biracial recording artists were Amity Ardouin and Dennis McGee. Amity Ardouin, the grandfather of Zodico and Dennis McGee was bringing this, Irish Cajun Native American, which was his roots, fiddle music, and they played together in the in the late twenties. So they bypassed the race and the hillbilly. Thank you. 
No way. And so, so it wasn't a one-off thing when you, when you did Pogatry, it was just actually carrying forward the, the banner. So anyways, we have limited time, so I can't ask you about that. But speaking of Haitian and such, can you talk about some of the guests that you have on the album um, that play with you? Definitely, definitely. Uh, of course, you know, Layla McCalla, speaking of Haiti, um, uh, my family left Haiti a long time ago after the, we're, you know, pure French Creole. We left, you know, and arrived in New Orleans in the early 1800s. Layla McCalla, of course, is of the diaspora and uh, her parents were Haitian. She was raised in America and has been reclaiming and learning her roots. And her and I have been collaborating for many years and it's just such a great we have just a very natural way of playing together. We play together pretty often. We have similar approaches to the music and styles and singing and melody. So it's it's really just been a beautiful collaboration. And she was the last person I had on the album because she's so busy, I'm so busy. We're almost like too close of friends. We talk all the time, but we never talk music. We're always talking family or kids or whatever else. So I was like, Okay, you got to get on. You got to get on. Oh, I'm out. Okay. And finally, we're like, she's like, I have two hours on Tuesday. And so me and my engineer, Kirkland Middleton, who plays on the album as well, we went to her house and we recorded her part on Souvenir to Puerto Rico, which was a composition from a Louisiana Creole from Haiti, Louis Moreau Got Chalk. And, um, and she sang the backup vocals on La Costa Marguerite with Bombino.
And then you got Langhorn Slim, which I think I heard of him. Yeah, I think he did something with like the Avit brothers years ago or whatever. And so, man, you got your hands all over the place. And I love that. And that's clearly what this album is. Um, but how how are I think I, I was trying to explain the album and I, I'm usually good at this. I'm usually like a good name dropper or whatever, but I've kind of had a hard time explaining this solo album to folks. I'm sure you've you've had to refine it. And I know this seems like a boring, stale question, but it actually might help. How would you des describe it? And this is this is I'm going to give you like the working pieces I have. The you and the Lost by your Emma, you've people have always met like termed that word punk with like punk sensibilities with you. And I think I heard you say, well, I don't really even know that much punk or whatever, but you, you, but I, even me, I grew up punk. And so maybe that's what sort of drew me. Um, I don't know. I felt like even that and you are like the old crow medicine show version of like sort of Cajun vibes. Maybe that's offensive. Maybe that's cool. I don't know. But then there, but the, the solo album brother, it's got this like, maybe like a a white stripes thing i don't know what to say i mean there's like full on synth to <laughs> it's yeah. so good we're going to play a song right right here like after we chat here but can you even just i mean even that the track with this whistling what is going on? i love it so much
Yeah, I mean, it's 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 this this album. I've actually never been asked to describe it, and it's it is. It's a lot. It's very personal to me. It's very at at my creative whim. It's very comes from the endless days of the pandemic when I had nothing to do but wake up at four in the morning with a melody in my head and have the time and energy to put it down, which is what happened with Rev the Troubadour, the title track. I woke up with this kind of traditional melody in my head and I had to go figure it out. So I whistled it, played the guitar, and my great-great-grandma was a professional whistler. She was in Shreveport, uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, played it for the silent film. She played whistling in Oregon. And uh, always wanted to kind of pay homage to her because my brother and I, Andre and Lost Pirate, we whistle all the time. So... I just happened to do it to catch the melody while I was figuring out the chords. And then I laid down what I call the stereo waltz beat. You know, it's like this looping stereo waltz that I just basically used uh, click tracks with samples on them. Mm. And so I made all that myself and just, it's very organic, you know? And when you're talking about, I never thought about this, but you know, Bonnie Vare, like going into the woods and just laying down stuff. And I always had two mics facing outside for the birds so like when i'd be recording that song the birds are singing live and if you listen to the bird tracks you can hear me if you listen to me you can hear the you know it's like it's all part of the same so it's just a very organic representation of what was going on in my mind at the time and of course as art can do sometimes has been weirdly uh, a premonition into my life to come. So as it still gets released, I'm realizing more and more what the songs mean. So it's still a mystery and hard to explain, but I'm very happy to finally out. (laughs) I think it's cool that you, I mean, actually, can you unpack more of the birds? Like I find that part fascinating and the recording and um, I don't know, it's, it's, I feel like some people could do that as a shtick, but it's very much not a shtick knowing you and about your father and the things that you care about. And it's pretty cool, man. Can you, yeah, just share a little bit about that? Yeah, well, it started just because uh, my friend and my co- my producer with Lost by Rambles, a member, Corey Ritchie, who plays with LCD Sound System now, so we don't get to play a whole lot, but I saw him last weekend in New York. He gave me a houseboat he was working on because he started working on another one, which is amazing and is up there it was kind of his prototype and so he, he was like oh i'm not using this where you i'm gonna park it at your house so during the pandemic i renovated it i moved in it became like my first separate from my house studio and i have this four track reel to reel right here and a four track little pro tool set up and they've kind of taught me how to engineer just like the very basics so i had two microphones inside two microphones outside and I've always loved capturing nature. And I've always wanted to kind of do like a soundscape of Louisiana, like whether it be like a, a boat motor, a tractor, or like the birds. And I live out in the country, so I'm become very aware of the seasons and such and what birds are singing when. But now with this, it's like if I woke up at 4 a.m. and it was January 3rd, which is I think like when I recorded <laughs> Rev the Troubadour, there's certain birds singing like the cardinals start singing as the sun comes up and then when i recorded souvenir to puerto rico it was kind of like late in the du- in the dusk and the crows were doing their thing and it just it completely happened organically so it it 
it's like you get the seasons, the times of day and everything as I was making the album. Now on the other side, I used um, on Jean Quand Gentil, which is about a voyage, like a lot of, it's a lot about voyage and it goes into Costa Marguerite and it's a lot about people on boats and islands and different places to how they ended up where they did, which is eventually in Opelousas right out here where I live. And I used, I recorded the waves in Grand Isle, which is like the, one of the only beaches in Louisiana. And that was right before Hurricane Ida, before the place got completely destroyed. And I had recorded the waves, so I stuck those into Cujon Quan de Gentil. And on the Bosco Yo Flow with Dickie Landry, I brought the 1935 field recording of the last Ivory Bill woodpecker that was ever documented, basically. That's uh, so awesome. Which is a whole nother story because my dad's been looking for the Ivory Bill woodpecker since the 70s. He's a biologist and an accordion player. And he had been using that same recording, playing it out in the woods in the 70s to try to get a call back. And my uncle David, who was with him, showed the, the sound to Dickie Landry back in the 70s because he said the ornithologist described it as an oddly tuned clarinet or a tinny trumpet or something. So he brought it to Dickie Landry. Dickie Landry did a piece back in the 70s called the Call of the Ivory Bill Woodpecker and performed it at the Documenta Art Festival in Germany. So when I had him come play on Bosco Yo Flow, I hadn't even added the Ivory Bill Woodpecker, but I tried to remind him of that. And he's done so much art. He was like, oh, I think I remember that. So I played it for him. And that song I actually wrote in the middle of the swamp where I took the photo cover by myself. I had just walking in there. It was January 2nd. It was my birthday. And I was just on my solo trek. And I kind of started writing to the rhythm of my feet. And I wrote all those lyrics in one sitting on a log. And uh, and I was like, yeah, I want you to play like the wind through the cypress trees. Cause like when the when you're in the swamp, it's especially this like when it's dry, this weird because you think like it's so much nature, it's so much wild, but you don't hear a thing. You barely hear a bird, you don't see a snake, you don't see an alligator. It's a oddly, it's an oddly empty landscape at times. So you can like hear the wind and you can just hear your feet and you hear the crunching of the leaves. So I told him, I said, I want you to, you know, play to like the nature because he knows exactly what I'm talking about. And I mentioned the ivory bill woodpecker. So it turned into more this like wild bird call, call and response and <laughs> which played off of a project 50 years previous. So it's amazing the full circles involved. I like that. You're like a true artist, not like a, a pseudo, not like those fake hippies who um just like to grow out their armpit hair, but they're not real hippies. But the real <laughs> who also grow out their armpit hair. It's hard to tell the difference. So I'm glad we got the real. <laughs> if you were a, a girl with your long armpit hair, I'd believe you, brother. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, man the 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 album is like I said, it's super palatable to me. Um, and I and I and I've been reading some reviews of and it's. This is to me the cool part that it's not just a regional album, which by the way, I just saw, I think it was yesterday, you guys got nominated again for a Grammy for, uh, yeah, for playing with the Louisiana Philharmonic for the Lost Ramblers. So right arm. But would your hope be that this, that your soul album wouldn't just be, um, even though you're singing in French, that wouldn't just be regional like that, that the, uh, you know, the Americana kids up in Nashville 
we'll be like, yeah, that's my jam and get some merch, get it on vinyl or what? I mean, for sure. I, I've been touring it as much as I can. I went up through Memphis to Chicago and up to Portland and Humboldt and Oakland. And I just did New York and Connecticut and, you know, um, and that's been. And Humboldt, you see, you see some hairy armpits. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the original, the original, you know, that's a, uh, and all the good things out there. And uh, so, you know, as far as there's that side where it's like the people that don't speak French, but yeah, I feel like this is American music. It's fully American music, even though I'm singing in French. Awesome, brother. Um, like, cause you know, I'm American, and it's like part <laughs> Louisiana's part of America, even though. But then at the same token i also hope that i can get the people in french canada and in france to listen to it but you know it's hard it's really hard because on both fronts it's just as hard because it's actually harder to get it to the french people because in louisiana we're such a little small niche it's not like say for example um quote unquote latin or like you know, hispanic culture in america is so huge and then South and Central America, they have millions and millions of people, you know, Bad Bunny or any any artist of that of that language has a giant, giant uh, population to listen to his music. We have like a few yeah. hundred. So I'm like having to play to those few hundred, a few thousand, and then like just kind of go from there. But it's like I'm part of this tiny niche. And not only am I part of a tiny niche, now I've actually jumped out of my genre so it's even almost more obscure i'm just almost like standing out here alone in a field like you know it's like totally but I, uh, it, it's fun it's fun it's fun doing it people have the reception has been amazing honestly like new orleans and everyone on tour has been amazing reception but it's like starting from scratch in a exciting way i was i was one time in haiti actually and, it, and we're talking the middle of haiti this little town called Moi, and there was, and you know, they have these speakers blast out and it was like seven in the morning and they, and they were blasting Chris Knight. And I'm not sure if you know who Chris Knight is, but he's like this Kentucky, I think he's from Kentucky, but it's like kind of red dirt sounding country. I'm like, how in the world did Chris Knight end up here? I was 18, my brother was 21 One Saturday evening When all the work was done We went down to the river Had some tried lines to run My brother Walter Had a fight the week before Knocked a boy named Wilson Through the pool hall door They said you don't mess with Wilson Unless you want a war I put the boat in the water And I made the engine run I loaded the lantern Against the sinking sun 
Still heavy 
And I'm thinking, would you ever have a desire? Would it would it be fun for you to like go to Haiti? Because I think if you brought the scents, they're going to be feeling that. Or would you ever consider doing something like that? Has that ever oh. crossed your mind? Oh, it, it, it definitely has. And I would love to. I know right now is not the best time to go yeah. to Haiti. Actually, my significant other is actually from there and uh, talked to her dad last week. And he was like, yeah, I'd love for you to come one day, but not right now. Yeah. And he's actually going there this weekend. But um, it's uh, in which is completely a coincidence, by the way. It just just so happens. But um. I would love to go. I've had a few of my bandmates went before the current political situation. They had an amazing time. And um, I mean, that's, I love, I love collaborating for one. Uh, we've collaborated with like Ram from Haiti, who's in New Orleans right now because they don't want to be in Haiti. Yeah, um, yeah. Laku Musique, we've played with oh. them.
Yes, and we, man, I mean, and it's just, it's amazing too, because it's like, okay, there's similarities and Haiti has definitely influenced Louisiana in ways that we're still figuring out. But then you go back there and it's like, the melodies and the rhythms are just, it's like a whole nother world and it's amazing. And, you know, I mean, the the things that the, the, um, the resistance they've had to go through as a country and this culture and society over the years is just no one I don't think can understand except them. Yeah. And, and they have so much to show for it. Uh, and it's, I mean, I'm, I'm just learning a little bit, but my family was only there for like, you know, one generation many, many years ago, but it turns out that like our names, like when I talked to people from there, I was like, we have all the same names and stuff. <laughs> it was like, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I I remember like another time I was in Haiti, I was on the beach in the middle of nowhere and there was just these guys playing the banjo, you know, and it all makes it all makes sense. It's almost like the this sort of unqualified the line of his, you know, the history and the traveling of the banjo and the genres. It's it's almost going back to I mean, that, anyways, that's a historical trip. So we're, we're running low on time man. I've really enjoyed this. I, I guess I'll end by asking you. Um, I know that you you gave like a a good effort at not just throwing out like some, a French version of, Oh, I love her, but she left me and I'm sad, but you try to like go full on French puns and like old sayings, which is so cool. Um, my, and it's two part of first question. Has anyone unsolicited come up to you speaks French go, Hey, I heard that line. And I see that you did good there, brother. And the other part, you're kind of bummed. You feel like you, you painted a great picture and not know how many people are even going to, be able to appreciate it because of the lack of you know french speakers oh that's that is definitely a great question um the thing that i've learned over the years of releasing music especially cutting edge in the sense of like when you first perform new music people are like what they don't you know they're like what do y'all i thought y'all were this what are y'all doing like well we've been working on this for a year you just never heard it so we're completely into it. It takes so long for people to catch on to what you're doing. So first, so like, no, no one has come up to me really barely and said like, oh yeah, I heard what that word you used, like, mm-hmm. bow, I heard, you know, my port, I mean, there's so many, so like, I, I really made an effort to open my mind up linguistically, awesome. allow myself to tap into the things I love about Louisiana French 
and bring them into the music that is not normally in the music because the music is what has carried the language forward. And like, as it moves forward, it kind of, there's in the Cajun, see the thing about Cajun music is it's primarily in French. Zydeco, as it's the African American, the black American version, the accordion, they're much more progressive. They're always doing new things, but it's mostly in English because it's popular. They they have huge crowds, you know. Cajun bands are lucky to get like a hundred people. Zydeco bands get like three thousand people because like it's alive, it's growing, but it's in English, which is you know makes sense. So in Cajun French, the traditional repertoire is the the most. There's not much new music in Cajun. So it's like, you're just saying the same things. They're beautiful, but it's like the language is not expanding. The repertoire is not expanding nearly as much as other musics. So I made such a point to try to bring in parts that aren't used, subject matters, history. So like within the subjects of the songs, I use so many things I've never heard in a song before. And I think that it will have its day where people will slowly be like, Oh, I heard this song. Oh, that's cool. That like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, the, the population of people that actively speak and study Louisiana French is there's a significant amount of people, but at the same time, it's also a very, um, a sceny little, a small sceny place where like, there's like this scene who likes their band, this scene who likes their band. And there's like, (laughs) eight bands you know <laughs> like there's like eight there's like a hundred there's like a hundred bands and like eight scenes you know so but that's why we go to new orleans a lot because in new orleans it's just like people just take you at face value like do i like what you're doing yes or no yes i'm going to the show no i'm not going to the show it's not so much you know it's more of an artistic response and and it exists there but the french there is more from a standard place because French died out a lot longer ago in New Orleans. So the the movement there is much more based in international French. So there is such a small population of people who understand what I'm doing, but I think that in time that more people will hear it and will, you know, will, it just takes time. And that's the frustrating thing about being an artist is like, you know what it is. And then it takes so long So you. And I heard, uh, who was it? Like, it was like, it was a famous hip hop artist uh, who I heard saying like, I'm still pushing my album from two years ago. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy. You just got to keep going and going. So, I mean, that's the thing is it really takes, you know, it's almost like you have to get over that moment of like, okay, it's out. Where's all the people, you know, no, it takes time. So I think, you know, both linguistically and musically, I think it's just, I, I, we've we just started playing this music uh, in January live, and we've played about fifty shows this year. And you know, it's just starting to kind of get where okay, this is what they're doing because you know people don't know. Oh, it's Louis Micho. Is he is he by himself? Is he doing singer like songwriters? Is he doing Lost by Ramblers stuff? And we're still playing Lost by Ramblers like always. But yeah, it's a very it just takes time to for people to to understand, to hear, to get around, you know. It's a very interesting. That's a great question. And I uh I, I do I am curious who is hearing it and what their thoughts are, who are the native French speakers, especially the authorities, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Academic authorities. <laughs> you know, the 
I, I I grew up listening to punk rock, and I remember this band Jawbreaker came out with this album on Geffen Records. So they they sold out, and it was called Dear You. And it took us all like five or six years to realize that that was the bet that was the best thing, and it defined a a movement and a genre. I don't want to over tickle your ears, but I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty convinced that that this album might be man it's just really palatable even again even though i don't know the language but thanks for um thanks for being a real artist in, in the non-cheesy way that you're like well if no one if it doesn't land it doesn't land you're still trying to make good stuff i think i think that's what it's all about so louis yeah. lou give give me a perfect pronunciation on that name louis michaud yeah, that's right louis michaud louis michaud the album rev de troubadour um 10 tracks it's available on vinyl which we all love now where can we where's the best best way to get that is it better to get it from amazon or from the record label or what uh, it's not even it's not even on amazon actually Who are you amazon <laughs> i just you know my label's so small uh sometimes i'll let like a louisiana music factory in new orleans sometimes i let them put it on there they might have put it on amazon i told them hey if you got something you want to put but uh basically i have a i started a website that's louismichaud.com l-o-u-i-s-m-i-c-h-o-t and that has my tour dates and it also links you to my band camp and band camp is an amazing uh, resource for independent musicians i've been on it for a while and then also nouveauelectricrecords.com of course so you know it's Plenty of plenty of places to find it or a record store in Louisiana. <laughs> you know? All right, well, we'll link we'll link both those. Um, what song should we be sent out on? Man, I I, I kind of want to uh, go out on the last track, Chenkaye, which is well the first track I made on the album. It's basically uh, a guy from Orneville, Columbus Fruge, and he's he was a Columbia Columbia Records recording artist in the 1930s. And he's basically telling the story about how he would go steal his neighbor's accordion while he was at work. And he said, I'd go play on the on the banks of Bayou Tesh, hidden under a little tree. And then I'd go <laughs> put the accordion back. And then he talks, and the, the song is called La Mazurka Cacapotelina, which means the mazurka that made Lena fall over because it's such a crush, a crooked song. She was trying to dance and she was falling over. <laughs> I turned it into... I called it French dub when I started and then it became Chankaye because it's like a, a new word. It's a word that you never hear. And he says it in there, which means to fool around and then leading to the music being called Chanka Chank later. So anyway, that's that'd be a cool song to go out on just like the album goes out. There it is, folks. Brother, thank you. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Jason. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, hopefully we will make it to Haiti one day.
Mina. Ouais, c'est elle qui m'a montré à moi aussi. 